Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are in the second point of how couples can be more healthy. So healthy living for couples. And our first point, if you go back in previous episodes, is to be a loving person. Right. So now we are talking about our second point, to clearly communicate. Right. So the second of the three points, the third point, actually, to hold boundaries, we've covered in previous episodes as well. I'm sure we're going to cover it in more episodes as well. Definitely going to talk more about boundaries, but the really important second part of this is to clearly communicate. In a relationship context, this becomes very important. Yes. Yes. If you look at statistically why people come into therapy, communication is probably... It is. It's like right at the top couple of ones when you say, hey, what are you here for? Yep. To communicate better. We're not communicating. We don't communicate well. Mm -hmm. We hear this all the time. Which is fine. And I think if you look at life and how people grow up, generally speaking, we don't sit down as one of the life skills and say, okay, here's what we do. Here's how you clearly communicate with other people, what you need, what you want, what's going on. We just sort of assume that that is going to happen. And we have lots of generations of people not communicating clearly. Yeah, being poor communicators. And just passing that on. Yep. If it were up to me, this would be curriculum in school. I think it's just as important as, more important than a lot of the stuff that we learn. Mm -hmm. Like regulating your emotions, I think would be a really good one. Yes, we need some healthy living subjects. That could be a podcast episode too. Mm -hmm. But clearly communicating, I love this because if you want to be in a healthy relationship, uh, first and foremost for sure is to be loving. And we talked at length about that. Mm Mm-hmm. And boundaries are really important too, but it's, you can't hold boundaries if you're not communicating clearly. Exactly. Because they are going to be confused about what's going on and you will too. And Mm -hmm. so before boundaries can be a really good thing in the relationship and in your life, especially in the relationship, you have to be able to clearly communicate. So what does that mean? Yes. Well, I think even before we talk about what it means... I think it's really critical to bring up the fact that it's your responsibility to communicate, right? (laughs) Good point. Good point. It's always, this just happened to me uh, yesterday with a couple where they come in and one is upset at the other for something, but it's clear that they're not communicating enough 
to help their partner to meet their needs. And so it's always a little bit surprising to them when I say, hey, you're not doing a good job here because it's all on their partner. They should be taking better care of me and they're so distraught that they're not. Mm -hmm. But then when they break down what happened and go through it, it's they're not giving their partner an opportunity. And that's yeah. surprising to them. They assume that they are, but I think we fall into this a lot where if we feel it, our partner should know that we feel it and know why we feel it and yes. be prepared to help us even when we're not making that clear. So I think that's a great point. It is your responsibility to communicate clearly because it's mm -hmm. your life. And this goes back even to the dailies and the yes. affirmations. And one of my very favorite affirmations is I am responsible for my happiness. This is yeah. not somebody else's job. It's not your spouse's job to make you happy. Yeah. It's just not. They can contribute, and we sure hope they do, but if things are not going very well, it is your responsibility to make that clear. Yes. Yeah. And I love that because it's our responsibility to meet our own needs. And I think in society we have just this concept that we see a lot in social media, you know, all of that, where it's my job to take care of other people's needs and it's their job to take care of me and all of my stuff. And so we feel mm -hmm. very upset, very rejected. You know, you see it everywhere. I want you, I need you, you know, I can't live without you. All of those are part of that culture of, it's your responsibility to meet my needs and fill my every desire and all of those kinds of things. And so it can be a little bit of a shift to move back to, oh, actually, it's my responsibility to meet my wants and needs. And there's this real balance, especially in relationships of uh, meeting my own wants and needs and also being in a relationship where I share my wants and needs with the other person and we can have a discussion about that. We can work on it. We can talk about what that is and they can meet the needs and wants that they have and, uh, or that you have, excuse me, and you can work on that together. So there's really this balance. And of course, as I say, and I'm, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, healthy living is balanced living. And so this is the balance. You don't want to be a total island unto yourself where I'm the only one and I'm just kind of on this island by myself meeting my own wants and needs 100% of the time. But it's on the other side of that is that kind of societal, societal pushing where it's someone else's job to do all those things right. for me. So we're kind of in the middle here where this is your responsibility to meet your needs, to communicate your needs, and you need to share your needs so that they can be met in yep. this balanced way in this relationship. Yep. And it's a weird thing because when we assume that our partner knows what we need or what we want, because we would like to be so connected that we don't even have to communicate I think we all would love that kind of a relationship, and I think you can get closer to that, but most of us are just not on the same wavelength a lot of times. So the problem that we see is that you so desperately want them to know what your needs are without having to communicate them that you feel constant rejection because when mm -hmm. they don't meet those needs, it's almost assumed that they know they need to and they know what you want, and they're just choosing not to. 
which can feel like you are not important all the time and they just yes. don't care when it's not that they don't care. It's that they don't know. Yes. So, and, it, and one of the things that I hear a lot of couples say is, well, but I told them, you know, <laughs> last, year last year that under these circumstances, this is what I want. So they know, I tell them all the time, right? <laughs> they know. Yep. I but hear that a lot. You, but you forget that you're both completely separate beings going through completely separate experiences, having different thoughts, different needs, different, different wants, different perspective. You know, maybe they were at home all day with the kids and they're just, you know, up to here with how everything has gone. They're super frustrated. They're super stressed. And you come home and they're not super loving towards you, right? right. But I've told them I've that told I them. want this. Or they should just know. Important. Or they should just know that I want this and that's important. It's like maybe they knew, maybe they know that that's something you really would love. But today, it's just they're so up to here that right. it's not even on their radar at right. all. Yep. Right? They have their stuff too. They have their stuff too. And so to just assume that they're going to fall into it. Maybe they even do it regularly, but not today. Right. And instead of just assuming, oh my gosh, they just don't even care. Or I, even the concept, it's not on their radar, <laughs> right? They've done it before. It's not on their radar today. Right. So I'm not as important as whatever. And it's like, you know, sometimes when people are maxed, they're just not, Yep. you know, their, their vision it's almost like it tunnel visions us, right? When we're really maxed or really stressed or really whatever. And we get to the point where we're only focusing on just what's right in front of us in order to survive. Right. And that happens on the other side a lot too, where especially the, the spouse will just assume that they're going to know, well, I told them that, you know, this or that. Yep. And I like this point that if you ever heard it once, you should just know forever. Yes. Oh, not so much. several times. And again, we're talking more or less effective. We're not talking, you know, things are good or bad. It's just more or less effective. And we want to get to more effectiveness. Yes. That's it. And this is with the assumption that you love each other. You want this to work and you are not intentionally trying to hurt each other. If those mm -hmm. things aren't in place, then this is a different conversation. But yes. assuming you want this to work, they're going to miss a lot of things, even if you've already told them. And if you're not careful, you'll assume they're missing it because they don't care. You'll then feel rejected. You'll isolate and withdraw. And they'll say, well, I don't know what's going on. And so they probably won't do much either. And you won't feel pursued. You'll feel unwanted. And here we go down this spiral. So clearly communicating is your responsibility. And what you're communicating is your needs and your wants. Certainly your needs are very important. Or they're not going to be met if you don't clearly communicate these a mm -hmm. lot of the times. And the language can be really, really simple. I mean, how often have you heard from your spouse something like, hey, I just need some love and acceptance right now. Or I just need some validation. We don't normally talk that way. I think our children do a better job of saying, I need a hug. Yes. <laughs> which is great because that's so in tune with what they need. But mm -hmm. as adults, we kind of feel removed from that, I think. It feels vulnerable and weak. And so yes. we don't come to our spouse and say, you know what? I'm just having a rough day. Can we just spend some time together so I feel important to you? 
I would love if we use more language like that. That is so clear. Um, there would be so little doubt about what the need is. And since I love you, of course, I want you to feel validated and important. I just don't see it most of the time. Yes. And I think an important point with that is the importance of making sure you know what you want or need before you communicate it, right? Because I've definitely had couples who come in and they will say, one of them will say, well, I, you know, I said I wanted this. And as we get down to it, maybe it's, I said, I just wanted to spend time together, but what I really wanted, or I just wanted to, you know, have a hug. But what I really wanted was sex or what I really wanted was for them to do this in this way. But they hadn't taken the time to really understand, okay, what exactly is it that I want? So they're not clearly communicating what they want. They're saying, I want this. And their spouse gives that to them. And they're left feeling very unsatisfied (laughs) and frustrated over the situation because the other side didn't realize that, oh, I actually wanted this thing over here. Right. Yeah. And I use, I use that language specifically because I think most of our needs funnel down to the need to feel unconditional love and acceptance. And so Mm -hmm. belonging, affection, appreciation, this all fits. And really most of these needs will come back to that. And so I tell my clients, just go straight to it. I think you'll find that you'll never go wrong if you communicate that. And even if you needed something else, you'll be feeling good that you got attention and affection. And if it leads into another conversation about something else, great. But being that clear and direct is really important. I mean, if your spouse heard that from you, chances are good they would want to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Unless you're right in the middle of a big fight or something, and then you're probably not going to yes. communicate this anyway. <laughs> or, you know, there's a million things that you have to do between now and the next hour. But if you've communicated it, then your your spouse or partner can have that conversation back and say, oh my goodness, I would love to provide that for you. I'd love to you know, take some time and just spend some time together. This kid has this, this kid has this, we need to do this. Can we schedule that Mm. for later tonight for at this time? So Mm -hmm. again, just as we've talked about in previous episodes about not just leaving it hanging and saying, okay, fine, we'll do that later. But you set up that specific time. You let them know that they are important to you, that you want to meet the needs that they have And let's do it at this time. Does that work for you? Um, Or, hey, if you want to sit down and, you know, cuddle for 45 minutes, I don't have, I can't, we can't do that right now because of this and this and this. But would it be okay if I, if we did it at this time and could I just give you a hug right now for like a minute? And then, you know, working out how you can meet needs for each other whilst working within the framework of what you have to do, both have to do in your lives. Yep. I love it. And so many times when couples are arguing or fighting and if we can break it down to, but what's the need? What's the need? Well, I need him to listen to me. Okay. But what's the need underneath that? Why do you need him to listen to you? It will come down to the same basic things. And if Mm -hmm. we can get to that more directly, it will save a lot of heartache and sorrow and pain. And so communicating clearly and knowing what you need is going to be vital here. Yes. Yeah. So, so make sure that you're taking some time to do that. Before you go to your partner, express what that need is. 
really take some time to sit down and figure out what is it that you need. And again, go to some of those deeper things like David was saying. Do you need, look for those really deep roots, that love, acceptance, affection, connection, all of those different kinds of things. And then what it is that you're hoping for to get to that place. Yeah. Yep. Which is a good thing for you to learn how to do. Yes. And to understand about yourself, right? So much of the time we don't even understand those things about ourselves. And so how is someone else supposed to meet a need when you don't even have any idea what it is that you're looking for? Right. And instead of being pouty and being negative and your spouse not knowing what's going on. And so they're giving you a wide berth, which makes you feel even worse. Yeah. And then you get mad at them and now you're fighting. What was all of this for in the beginning? Mm-hmm. You were feeling hurt. Maybe something happened. Your feelings were hurt. Not even with your spouse, just life. You're frustrated. You're overwhelmed. You're tired. Work didn't go so well. School, whatever. And you just needed some affection and attention. And mm-hmm. you didn't ask for it directly. You were hoping they'd pick up on it and they didn't. And so now you are, or maybe they did, but weren't able to do it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So communicating clearly, understanding your needs, hopefully you see more your responsibility in this cycle. You have a big role in this cycle. As much as we should all be married to someone who can read our mind and they hug us before we know we need it. That would be amazing. (laughs) And yet, would it? I mean, <laughs> really, would it? Isn't it, you know, this beautiful... Oh, I think it would. Critical. <laughs> Why are you giving me a hug? I just thought you needed it, you know? You're right. And now I just want to melt. So thank you. I would love it. <laughs> I should probably do that more. Let's make a note. Right, right. Yeah. But so important for us to be aware of our own wants and needs Mm -hmm. and take responsibility for that. Just a really critical, critical thing. So understanding what yours are, what your wants and needs are at that super basic level. And then what you're hoping to receive from your partner in order to fill that need, just really critical things to figure out before you even take the step of communicating that to your partner. Yep. And that prevents all the, the mind reading, the other games, the things that we do to try mind to reading. show the other person that, well, I really want this or I'm really upset. And so I'm going to do these things that show you that I'm that way so that then you'll pick up on it and you'll come to me and the world will be this wonderful place. And it just doesn't work. I think couples will get better at knowing what each other are thinking and feeling but the clearly communicating would certainly speed that process up. Mm-hmm. The mind reading is the worst. I keep yeah. thinking about assuming. Assume. <laughs> I know you've all heard this. Assume is you make an ass out of you and me. Uh-huh. But look at how much assuming goes on in a relationship. All the time. Because last week, my wife told me what we were doing today for the weekend and birthday party and taking our youngest to build a bear and other things. And how much of that do you think I registered a week ago? I'm throwing me under the bus now. (laughs) So I wake up this morning and I have this expectation, oh, we're going to do this and this and this. And she says, well, no, we're doing these other things. And I'm like, what? (laughs) She says, I told you. And I say, did you? And here we go. So yeah. Clearly communicating, oh boy, now this is expectations and all kinds of stuff play a role in this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but don't assume and certainly try not to be offended if your partner is looking like they don't really care. It's yeah. likely they don't know. And that's one of the things we talked about in empathy clear yes. back early in the episodes where if something is wrong, it's a miscommunication more than anything else. Don't assume yes. they don't care or they're trying to hurt you. You just haven't clearly communicated and you both aren't on the same page. Yes. So. Yeah, I would definitely say that miscommunication is probably my, my biggest thing that I feel like yeah. people deal with. It's just, it's just a miscommunication. Yeah. So let's not do the mind reading thing. Let's not do the other games thing. It just isn't, it just isn't helpful. It's and less yes, effective. I think, yes, less effective. Thank you. That's the phrase we're going for. It isn't helpful either. It isn't helpful. <laughs> it's less effective. Yep. And it's just going to be so much more effective to recognize what you need, c- clearly communicate that. Yeah. Speaking of good self-care... Right? Definitely. You will be more aware of what your needs are and how often and how they show up when you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, where I really come back to, I really think most things are about love and acceptance and Mm -hmm. how often we don't feel acceptance. But we don't recognize that that's what is happening. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to communicate it very clearly. So the good self-care is really important here. So that we can recognize that is, in fact, the need that I have right now in this moment. Because of work, because of school, because of whatever happened, I'm feeling today especially like maybe I'm not good enough or I don't matter or nobody really is concerned about me, loves me, supports me, which is a really sad place to be. And if we don't recognize that's what's happening, we're not likely to get the support we do need. Or we're hoping that somebody will, again, just pick up on it and help us. But that's hard because everybody's yeah. doing their own thing too. Mm-hmm. So They're where am I? How am I feeling? What has the day been like? What am I likely needing in this moment if it's been a hard day? If it's been a great day, great. Go home and validate everybody else and help them. But if you're having a hard day, um, be able to slow things down and recognize that you have a need. Yes. And there's more effective ways to get that need met versus I'm going to show them by my stonewalling that I need love, which makes a whole lot of sense, right? <laughs> I'm going to not talk to you to show you that I need you to but really care about me. I need you to me. talk to me. Yes. Yes. I think, and I think that's a beautiful point of the personal responsibility here, uh, that self-care is, it's a way of being mindful, mindful about ourselves, mindful about what we need. And the more that we're in tune with that, I mean, that is, mindfulness is an enormous part of self-care and personal responsibility. And when we have that, sometimes just that understanding and that realization, uh, you know, when clients come in and we walk through and we're able to determine through that mindfulness process, what it is that they need, where they're going with that. Sometimes that in and of itself provides what they need. Yeah. You yep. know, awareness so often provides what you need, or at least a good part of that. Right. And it may be it's that true. you kind of walk through that process yourself and you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And you feel relieved and you feel, and sometimes that's all you need to get your needs met was just to be more aware and take that responsibility yourself. 
your body's talking to you. It's trying to let you know what's going on. And you take the time to do that for yourself. And it might be all you need. Yeah. And then you have your full, you know, your own cup or pitcher is now full. And you have the ability, that beautiful ability, like David's saying, to go and then fill other people's cups. And that will have been a great day. Yes. Yeah. For example, uh, a couple of months ago, I was finishing up sessions. I'd had a really long day of sessions. And as I was putting things away, I could just tell something was off. And as I just checked in with myself, I recognized, hey, you know what? I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling lonely right now. Okay. Mm. So I started thinking through what could I do to meet that need? And like, oh, my, my sister lives really close. I could call her and go hang out for a little while. I could call a friend. I could do this. I could do that. You know, all of these ways to get my needs met and, you know, connect with different people in my life, right? Because it's not one person's responsibility to fulfill all of your needs, right? And so looking at some of these different options, and as I was doing that, I realized I was still feeling unsettled. Like none of those options felt like, yeah, that would really meet my need. And so as I continued to think about it and process it, I realized, oh, I'm actually feeling lonely from myself. I've had a really busy day. I jumped, you know, into my day. It's been really crazy. I haven't had any time to focus on myself, to meditate, to journal, to just breathe, to just sit in my own skin. And I thought, okay, okay, so I'm going to do that. So I took some time to do that. And I felt completely filled after that. Hmm. I thought, well, I, you know, maybe if I'm not still feeling filled, if I still need to maybe you know, do something else. I still have all these options available, but I'm going to do this first. And when I was done, just taking like 20 minutes or something to do that, I was completely full and I didn't need that. Hmm. And I was able to finish my day looking for ways I could fill others. Um, And so sometimes that self-care of really, I mean, really it's clearly communicating with yourself. Right is sufficient. It's a good point. So clearly communicating besides the needs part is just an effective practice period. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about being sometimes firm and assertive and direct. And I think a really good example, one that we find a lot centers around sex. So for example, often women that I talk to and Sherry too, will want to be more affectionate with their husbands they enjoy it. It's meaningful. But their husbands often will want it to go further than affection and become sexual or yeah. have sex. And this is, you know, men and women are just built differently. I think for guys, certainly their brains go there a lot easier, but mm-hmm. mostly because it's just easy for them to be in that headspace of having sex. Women, we know it's not the same. It's more of a process and it's more of... Yeah. Certainly for women to be into it um, and engaged and participating, it is a process. Yeah. And so when they want to hug or cuddle or snuggle, that's exactly 
what they want and not more than that. But mm-hmm. they will hold back often because they know where that will likely lead. But then right. that creates a situation where there's not very much affection at all. And you both yes. need it. And the husbands are really wanting it. And the wives too, but it's sort of hands like off. I can't say, yeah, I can't cuddle because then it's just going to lead to sex. Right. So clearly communicating there can be really helpful. Yes. Again, from my experience, I think guys are happy to cuddle and snuggle and hug and do these kinds of things, especially if up front it's communicated that that's all that this is. And not because I don't love you. It's just not one of those days where this is going to become more almost not in the mood thing. But Mm -hmm. I do want physical affection. Yeah, I do want to connect with you physically. I just don't want to connect with you sexually necessarily today. And it may sound a little funny if you haven't done it before to say, hey, I would like to hug you or cuddle or snuggle. I just don't want it to go any further than that. Not today. Yeah. Or not now. Yeah. And that is communicating clearly. And chances are pretty good that that's what will happen. Now, if... It is leading to more after you've said that. Well, then we get into boundaries and that's Mm -hmm. the previous episodes. If you choose to take this further, then I'm choosing not to be affectionate. But how sad because I really want to. And husbands do too. I promise you. It's not every time there's affection, it has to lead to sex. They are happy to be affectionate. They just need the guidance of, hey, it's not going to be that. It's going to be this. And then it's a lot easier to say, oh, okay. All right. And maybe that's kind of hard because I would like it to. But we already have... We've already talked about it, and it's a lot easier to just be content with that. And I think relationships would get a lot more affection that way. Yes, absolutely. So talk about a failure to communicate is denying a lot of necessary affection in relationships. Yeah. And it makes sense why both struggle with that. It makes sense why the guys struggle with, oh, if there's any touching, especially if there's not a lot, then when there is, it's easy to go there. Yes. Yeah. That that we're going to have sex versus, yeah. Is and that then, a safe thing to say, Sherry, from your perspective? Yeah, I, th- I see that a, a lot. And I love that you're bringing in that boundary piece. Like, you can absolutely offer and say, this is what I need, right? And you can have a, a communication around that. If the other partner or if the husband would, cause it's often the case that it's going that way. If the husband is like, you know what? I can't provide that because <laughs> I'm just going to push past that and want sex. Then you have a communication around that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Then we know. And maybe I go get my needs met. Maybe I go hug one of my kids or my dog, you know, play fetch for a little while or something else where you're getting your need met. Right. Because, again, it's not the other person's responsibility to always meet your needs, every single need you have. Right. So you have that conversation. Um, And then if if you have that conversation and and your spouse says, yeah, I can absolutely do that. I can provide that for you and not have that go any further. That's just fine. And then they don't. Then, again, that's where that boundary piece comes in. Yep. But I think women would be surprised at how willing men would be to have affection that doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because just that simple communication, men can compartmentalize pretty good. 
And, you know, we do like affection. We do. Mm -hmm. If it's just open-ended, no communication, guys will naturally tend to go there. Yeah. Um, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We need the help of, what are you thinking? But again, this is why we're talking about clearly communicating because we don't share often enough of what we're thinking. Exactly. So. And I think, I think sometimes if you have, because I know a lot of people that are listening, um, have sexual addiction in the relationship. And if that's the case, then that might be more challenging and they might push those boundaries again is why, which is why you have the conversation so that both sides can be on the same page and both people can say, okay, I'm willing to do that or I'm not. And then there are boundaries if that doesn't happen. Right. So, so I don't want to completely negate and say, oh yeah, he will always be a hundred percent willing to just step into that space and, um, not have it go to a sexual place, but just understand you have to clearly communicate first, have that conversation on both sides. Can you provide that? Is that something you're willing to do or able to do right now? And if you're not, get your needs met in a different way, you know, and walk through that process and then set boundaries after if it's not working out for you. But all those are critical pieces in recovery. Mm-hmm. You can't just jump to the conclusion that this is always going to be the way it is. It's never going to change and all of that. You have to take the time to actually go through these steps and practice that to give both sides an opportunity to learn and grow in that recovery realm. Yep. Okay. Our third step with healthy couples is of course setting boundaries. And we're actually not going to address that a lot here because of the number of episodes we've already had on boundaries. And so go ahead and refer back to those. And of yep. course, to the, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot in the future as well. Yeah, those are really good episodes. So I know we're a bit out of order in this, but it's all good stuff. So go back and have a listen if you need to. And hope you enjoyed this. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.